Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of What the Chill, your friendly neighborhood non-misogynistic hockey podcast. We are your hostesses. I'm Haley. And I'm Natalia. And, of course, we have to talk about the Stanley Cup. The Vegas Golden Knights took the trophy home last night with an outstanding 9-3 victory over the Florida Panthers. Um, We just want to congratulate the Golden Knights on their historic win and commend the Florida Panthers for an incredible postseason run. You know, I must say, I'm a little bit sad that the Panthers didn't take it further. Like, I don't really know when I started getting invested, but by the end there, I definitely was. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I do have to say, it's pretty amazing how they defied all odds, and they should really be proud of how incredible their postseason was. And um, that being said, it's also pretty damn impressive that the Vegas Golden Knights won it just six years after becoming a team, so... Props to everybody involved. Yeah, for sure. And we are extremely sad that it is officially the hockey offseason. But I personally can't wait to see how the party city itself celebrates a huge victory like this. So I actually planned on being in Vegas this weekend before I knew that the Golden Knights would take it. And I really don't know whether I should be excited or terrified or both because I'll be there on the same weekend as all of this like cup celebration shenanigans are going to go down. I mean, I feel like I'd be a little bit of both. But <laughs> Fair. <laughs> That's going to be so fun. Honestly, I'm kind of jealous. Are you like there for anything special or exciting? Yeah, I'm actually going there to see Kelsey Ballerini perform and not for any of the, like, post-win celebrations, but um, (laughs) I am kind of hoping I get to experience a little bit of the fun while I'm there, so who knows what the uh, weekend will hold. I will keep you guys updated for sure. I hope you get even just a little bit of it. I hope you do get to see some of it. Just the slightest (laughs) glimpse would be fine with me. (laughs) And I guess I'm buying a White Cloud jersey. Oh, Yeah! Um, I always keep my promises. I said that if Vegas won, I'd buy a White Cloud jersey, and I'm still very happy with my decision. Um, White Cloud is a phenomenal player, and in his his little post-game interview, he thanked his parents, his aunt, and his grandma for getting him this far. And he's part of the Sioux Valley Dakota Nation, and he said that he's proud of his heritage, his culture, and where he comes from. And that's just, like, so wholesome and lovely, and... Either way, I was going to be buying a jersey of a First Nations member. Oh, yeah. Which was really cool. It's like either way, a First Nations kid was taking home the cup this year. And I just think that's so, so fun. I didn't even think of it that way. That's so cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. We love that. We love a wholesome moment on this podcast. We sure do. We'll definitely have to show off your jersey on the Instagram account once you get it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Love that for you. Okay, we've got a pretty jam-packed episode for you guys today, so we're going to go ahead and dive right in, starting out with our news. Um, I'm thinking we should get Ohio out of the way. What do you think? (laughs) Yes, good idea. (laughs) Um, The Columbus Blue Jackets have received Damon Severson on an eight-year contract from the Devils in exchange for a 2023 third-round pick. Good luck. (laughs) Have fun, bud. (laughs) Uh, Michael Andlauer has become the new owner of the Senators for the small, affordable price of nearly a billion dollars. Oh, no big deal. Casual. Um, I'm kind of <laughs> bummed that we didn't end up with an NHL team owned by Ryan Reynolds or Snoop Dogg, but right. <laughs> um, I guess the rich dude with a billion dollars to spare on a casual Tuesday morning tends to come out ahead. 
<laughs> Do we know who this guy is? I think he's owns like a like a healthcare company or something. I think he's just like an investor. Oh, fun. Love that. Like he's just a professional rich guy. <laughs> professional rich. <laughs> Hope he likes hockey. Yeah. Well, hopefully that works out well for the Senators. We'll see. <laughs> Um, Some more coaching changes. The Calgary Flames have hired Ryan Huska as their new head coach. And the Rangers have hired none other than Mr. Peter LaViolette as their head coach. You must have laughed so hard. I literally cracked up when I saw it on Twitter. (laughs) I'm so sorry, Rangers fans, but you're entering your flop era. Like, I hope you enjoyed your postseason run this year because it's not happening. (laughs) Very passionate feelings about Mr. LaViolette. Yeah. Um, forget about your young players, too. They're healthy scratched every week. <laughs> it's fine. Maybe he's, like, turning over a new leaf. Maybe it'll be a good thing for them. Let's hope for the, the best. The eye roll I just received. <laughs> That's a no from you. Okay. Anyways, in other league news, the Florida Everblades of the ECHL have won the Kelly Cup for the second year in a row. They swept the Idaho Steelheads in the best of seven series and took the game with a 4-3 win. I know we talked about that you don't like the name the Florida Everblades. It's I really think it's dumb. hilarious. I love it. <laughs> I, I mean, I, this morning you did have to explain to me what an Everglade was. Yeah. So I guess maybe it'll grow on me. To be fair... I lived in Florida for I'm a handful so of years. Sorry. I'm sorry too. <laughs> for those but, of you who don't know, the Everglades are swamps in Florida and not some sort of majestic mountain range in the Swiss Alps. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people knew that and I'm just dumb, but <laughs> I think it's kind of a funny little play on words name, but anyway. The Everblades. <laughs> it's better than the Steelheads. Yeah. I think so, too. The ECHL has some wacky names, I will say. We might have to, like, rank the wackiest on the podcast. Oh, that's a fun idea. I like that. Write it down. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Moving on, an inaugural hockey tournament took place this year. The Toronto Pride Hockey Tournament was a tournament for queer women and trans folks, and it took place from June 9th to the 10th. Uh, Team 8 of the tournament took the overall win, and Olympian and PWHPA member Brienne Jenner was in attendance and dropped the puck at the final game. Um, Spoiler alert, we've got a little more on Brienne later, so stay tuned for that. Okay, listen. This is so cool. Like, this is amazing. But, like, could we not have come up with better team names? (laughs) Team Team (laughs) 8? I'm really on my, like, roasting team names thing here, but... Team eight. Yeah, maybe next year they'll they'll come up with some more creative names. I'll give them a break because it was their inaugural year, but let's work on that. <laughs> okay, um, the Calder Cup series continues. Um, the Hershey Bears won Tuesday's game, so the series is now 2-1 with Coachella Valley in the lead. Um, we'll definitely continue to keep you guys updated on that series as it goes on. Let's go Bears. Let's go Bears. <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to root for Coachella Valley because that's the closest team to me, but... Eh, they're not your affiliate. It's fine. Okay. Amazing. <laughs> bears. Bears. <laughs> we'll go with the cuter mascot. Yes, absolutely. 
All right, some uh, personal player-related news. Um, David Posternock and his wife, Rebecca, welcomed their first baby, Freya, recently. We have a baby pasta. It's Baby pasta. (laughs) And John Carlson and his wife, Gina, also welcomed a new baby, Isabella. So many off-season babies this year. I guess that was just the thing to do for NHL players last week, is to have babies. (laughs) I guess so. It seemed just recently, I guess... I guess they'd probably plan it that way, right? Yeah, let's like, not it get seems, into that. <laughs> <laughs> like, it can't just be a coincidence that so many players have babies in the offseason. I mean, I guess it makes sense to plan it that way so that the mom isn't, like, on her own raising yeah. this poor baby while they're <laughs> on the road. Um, anyway... <laughs> Jake Ottinger also got engaged this week, so congrats to him and his new fiance Kennedy. Yay, so fun. Um, in something that was not on our bingo cards, um, <laughs> Mika Zabanajad will be doing a DJ set at Lollapalooza Stockholm, and that's just super cool. <laughs> I had no clue that he was musically inclined. I didn't either. What a talented dude. I know, right? Um, like save, I actually, save some for like, the rest of us. Right. <laughs> I um, took it upon myself to go and listen to like a handful of his singles on Spotify, and they're actually really good. Oh, um, really? I'll have to yeah, listen. So there's a song called Can't Go Back Home that was not only like produced by him, but according to Spotify, he also performs it. Um, I don't know his voice well enough, so like I can't tell if it's him singing it, but I would think that that's what performed implies. Um, I'm um, very impressed. Yeah. And um, he also has a song with Mike Perry. So, and if you don't know him, he's um, a pretty famous Swedish DJ. He's got over 350 million streams on Spotify. So, very cool. We love Mika being in his Hannah Montana era. (laughs) His Hannah Montana He's living the best of both worlds. (laughs) Oh, that's incredible. That's so, so cool and random. I love it so much. Good for you. Catch us going and seeing uh, Mika Zibanejad on tour. (laughs) (laughs) WTC hits Lollapalooza Stockholm. (laughs) I'm I'm all for it. I'm down. Sign me up. (laughs) Um, In some more NHL Swiftification news, Cole Caulfield was spotted at Eras Tour Detroit this weekend, and we are not okay with it because he got to hear Haunted and we didn't but we still hope he had fun i will say he did make up for it by being spotted wearing merch um afterwards with taylor plastered all over it um (laughs) but if i do end up hearing like christmas tree farm for my surprise song while cole caulfield got haunted we're gonna have some problems yeah yeah for sure i hope he realized how lucky he was to get to hear for him he just got Honestly. like re-signed and then he got to see Taylor Swift in the same week and she played Haunted. He won. He did. Truly. He won big time. Um Artemi Panarin shaved his head. Uh oh, yeah. We're unsure why, but we hope he's not going through it. Um those beautiful curls are gone and I'm sad about it. I don't know if anybody else saw it, but some people in the Twitter universe decided to take it upon themselves to start photoshopping other Rangers players and making them bald. Um, Adam Fox, please never shave your head. It's not a look for you. No, it's... I'm so glad that that ended up being fake. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, like, what is it with hockey men with beautiful hair shaving it all off? The way that I'm having flashbacks to Matt Barzell's shark boy haircut. <laughs> oh, that was not it. No. Let this serve as, like, a general PSA to all the hockey players with good flow out there. Do not do it. Don't shave your head. Leave the locks where they are. If Mika Zibanejad shows up to Lollapalooza no. Bob, I'm done. <laughs> no. Take it back. Hockey gods, I'm kidding. Oh my god, imagine. I really would love to know the story behind that one, but something tells me we're not getting it. Yeah, it's because he heard LaViolette was going to be his new head coach. <laughs> He's going through it. What a way to wrap up our news. You heard it here first. <laughs> All right, moving in, we're going to ramble about a handful of fun, silly little things that we were talking about this week, um, starting off with draft portraits. <laughs> so here's a little backstory for you guys. The other day I was sitting at dinner with my mom and Haley had just sent me this tweet that she found about Connor Bedard and Adam Fantilli and how they look like the property brothers and the portraits that they took of them at the combine. Um <laughs> I just about died laughing when I saw it, so it started this entire conversation with my mom about how bad the draft portraits are, and specifically how one of Brock Nelson's cracks me up every time. Um, So we ended up sitting in this restaurant and looking up all of these, like, cringy draft photos, and I genuinely do not think I've ever laughed so hard in my entire life. Like, there were tears coming down, (laughs) streaming down my face. Um, she sent me Koozie, one of Koozie's photos, and I died laughing. He's in the same draft class as Brock Nelson, so it was, like, the same kind of vibe. And he looks so excited to be there. Like, he just looks so happy. (laughs) But it's so funny because they made him pop out from behind a stage curtain, like, surprise! Like, here I am! And... I just fell down this whole rabbit hole of Getty images, looking up various years and players and literally just cracking up to no end. I have no clue what was going on that year, but they were in their magician era. Um, (laughs) I will just say this. If you're ever bored, go on to Getty images and look up various years draft portraits because I genuinely don't think I've ever laughed so hard in my entire life. It's such a good boost of serotonin. Truly. (laughs) Um, The players drafted in 2020 or 2021 didn't get pictures due to COVID restrictions, and I really think they lucked out. Like, (laughs) Jamie Drysdale, you have been spared from emotional damage. (laughs) I feel like you would have loved to see that photo, though. Was was there a part of you that was a little bit bummed? I was bummed, but if I was him, I'd be stoked (laughs) that I didn't have to go through that. Agreed. Um, I genuinely thought that the, like, mug shot style photos they do for the player headshots each year were as bad as it gets, but was I wrong? <laughs> uh, we also need to mention combine photos quickly because they're awful. Like, Honestly, the ones this year weren't bad. This year's were good. They were just nice. Like, they almost felt like senior portraits or something. Which are always a little bit cringy, but kind yeah. of wholesome. Yeah. But in the past, like, have y'all seen Mitch Marner's? Like, because well, usually they like slap, <laughs> they make everybody wear the same t-shirt and then they like take a picture of them and all after they've like worked out. Yeah. Mitch Marner genuinely looks like he just got done sobbing and then was forced to take a photo and like they never smile and they all look miserable. <laughs> it's just like not the vibe. 
I feel really bad for them. That does not sound like a fun time, the combine. No. No. Let's all wear matching shirts and have to run around and do exercise. It does not sound ideal for me. No. Sounds like my worst nightmare, actually. Truly. Truly. <laughs> um, I feel like we should rank the best and the worst of the um, draft portraits. What do you think? Okay. Okay. Because we looked at a lot of them. Oh, we did. We spent far too long doing that. <laughs> There's a reason why this episode this week is as, like, randomly slapped together as it is, and it's because we spent too long looking at draft portraits. <laughs> <laughs> why were you late to work? Well, I was a little well, busy looking at draft portraits. <laughs> what the child told me to. <laughs> um, so I think the best, like, the class of 2017's portraits are actually decent. I feel like draft portraits in and of themselves are always going to be a little bit awkward and cringy as hell. (laughs) But like all things considered, 2017 isn't too bad. This is players like Jason Robertson, Nico Heischer, Kale McCarr. I mean, they're mostly just like smiley, happy boys standing in the locker room with their hockey sticks. And like they all look like such babies. And it's just like, it's just kind of like, oh, they're just kind of cute. We will definitely, so you guys have a little bit of context, we'll slap some of these photos up on our stories this week so you can see. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think for me, 2014 was my favorite. Um, Specifically Pasta, because he's got the most wholesome draft photo of all time. Like, he's just cheesing. Um, I also started to look at some of the other ones, and they all just look so happy to be there. Like, Sunny Milano was in that draft class. I don't think I've ever seen the dude smile so hard. Um, and then Kevin Fiala and Adrian Kempe are both, like, cheesing, too. And they look so, so, so stoked. Um, I don't know what the photographer did to make them smile like that, but I feel like they need to hire them to be, like, the photographer at those Santa photos at the mall. Because if they can make hockey boys smile like that, they're going to do the same thing for terrified babies. That's very true. Very true. And I feel like Michael Bunting could join the photographer because in his pictures, he looks like a little, like, rosy-cheeked elf. He'll just stand behind the Santa Claus. Yeah, absolutely. It's adorable. I'm so here for the NHL draft to Christmas card photo pipeline. (laughs) That should... Oh, my gosh. Players should start doing that. Agreed. Just use their draft photo as their Christmas card. Especially Pasta. His are honestly the cutest. Pasta has a cute new baby now, though, so he might have a little rivalry there. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Look them up. Do yourself a favor. You'll have a good laugh. Please do. Um, Okay. Worst, the entirety of the 2010 draft class. (laughs) Like, I don't know what was going on in 2010. Like, from the dramatic spotlighting and the moody expressions, (laughs) peeking out at the curtain like a magician... They're hilariously bad. And this is people like Brock Nelson, Evgeny Kuznetsov, and Taylor Hall. And they had it rough, y'all. Like, I would I would love to know what the conversations were like between the photographer and the player. Like, all right, this one's going to be amazing. Oh, no. Stand in the spotlight. Look off into the distance. Don't smile. Look brooding. Perfect. You <laughs> killed it. Okay, this time... Pop out from behind the curtains on the count of three. One, two, three. There are some <laughs> like, of them who look so fed up when they popped out of that curtain. 
Like Brock. 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 Like, Bro- no, Brock was so excited. He was like, ah, I'm here. Oh. Who am I? I don't know who I'm thinking I think of it them. was um, DSP. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> if I remember correctly. I'm not 100% sure on that one. Um, I would say that 2010 is really as bad as it's ever gotten, but... 2008 and 2009 are also honorable mentions, and I'd say that they're probably tied for second worst. Um, 2008, they used this, like, tacky sunshade tinfoil-looking <laughs> reflective backdrop. Um, don't know what was going on there. And then 2009, because they literally looked like they were taken in a jail cell, or, like, the deep depths of a musty high school gym locker room thing. Um... <laughs> Kyle Palmieri's take the cake of some of the worst I've ever seen, though, because there's one of him literally sitting on top of the net for God knows what reason. (laughs) Um, I really, really want to print it out and, like, go have him sign a copy just so I could see his reaction, because I think that that would be iconic. (laughs) He'd be fed up, but it'd be be great. He would be so annoyed. It's so funny because... The way that he's sitting, he looks like he's about three <laughs> feet tall. And it's and there, there's also one where he's, like, staring kind of up and off into the distance. And he looks like he's seen some things. And it is so <laughs> He looks like funny. somebody forced him to sit on top of the net and have his picture taken. <laughs> They're so bad. Like, I don't know what was going on with, like, the mid to late 2000s. But it was It, it was, was an interesting time. <laughs> They, they've gotten a little bit better, but they're still always relatively cringy. Yeah, for sure. But really stoked to see what they look like this year. Yeah, right? We'll see. Maybe they'll be a little better. Maybe the combine photos, you know, they give me some hope. Okay, that's fair. We'll, we will take that. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, right? Um, okay, moving on to our next little rambly topic. Um, since Vegas won the cup, we thought it'd be kind of fun to talk a little bit about their pre-game antics, uh, because if there is one city that always does the most, it's Vegas. <laughs> like, they killed it. They always have like this huge spectacle and this show, and it's very on brand for them, and I love that. Like, I yeah. would love to go see a game in that building. Oh, same. It seems like such a fun atmosphere. Really. And they had like glow in the dark drummers descending from the ceiling and like they have their like showgirl cheerleaders oh, yeah. and that big like night head that comes down over the tunnel. Like they really just like go all out. As they should. <laughs> in their whenever uh the Capitals played them in their cup run, they annoyed me with their pregame <laughs> shenanigans. But maybe it was because they were like my rival team yeah, at that time. It should annoy you. But this year when I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is fun. Like, I like this. It's kind of random, and I don't really know if it can be considered, like, a Vegas pregame antic. And I don't know if Jackie Redmond does this all the time, but I feel like she was wearing, like, extra sparkly, like, outfits. (laughs) And I love that. Like, the sequins and the gold and, like, the pretty... She was wearing, like, the cutest, like, bomber jacket that was, like, black and sequin yesterday. I'm going into my fashion major... (laughs) tangent here i'll spare you but very cute and i feel like vegas definitely contributed to that yeah for sure i love that i didn't even pay attention to that but that's awesome (laughs) 
Yeah, they're just, they're fun. And it my it reminds me of college. Uh, my mascot in college was the Knights. Oh, love that. And so they're like little pregame stuff and how they yell night during the anthem and like the black and gold. Like it reminds me so much of my college days. But I think our football games were cooler because we had a Pegasus and a mini horse that would come out onto the field before the games. And Weird you flex, know, but okay. Yeah. If you know what I'm talking about, like... I just dox myself and you know what college I went to, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> You're not there anymore. I'm not there anymore. It, so it's just like, it also, not only is it cool, but it also like makes me be like, oh, like fun college days. And so I just love it extra because of that. <laughs> I do have to say that them screaming night during the anthem scares the living daylights out of me every single time. <laughs> like we had gone to a restaurant. I'm not really sure which series it was. Um, but we were in Vegas for one game and we went to a sports bar and watched it there and they all screamed it and like I jumped <laughs> three feet into the air at least. It scared me so bad. Like I was not expecting that at all. Can you imagine going to your first game and having everybody like scream like that? Like Yeah, it happened to me at my first football game in college. Nobody thought to warn me. <laughs> I jumped so high. We scream oh, red at Caps games. We do the yeah. Rockets red glare, and that scared me the first we time. We don't scream anything at Ducks games. Yeah, what are you going to scream? Good There's point. nothing. <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't think we should be screaming duck. That's not a good thing to be screaming in a public place. <laughs> Definitely not. Okay, diving on into our next little rambly topic, we did touch on this a little bit last week, but in the spirit of Father's Day, we couldn't resist the opportunity to dig in a little bit deeper, and it turns out that dad magic in the NHL is real. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether you want to call it dad magic or dad luck or dad strength or dad power or any combination of that, it is scientifically proven that players play better after becoming a dad. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we've seen that a lot in this postseason series. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, starting out with our fave Panther, Brandon Montour. Listen, (laughs) we're going to ramble about him for the millionth time in the past few episodes. I know we've been talking about him a lot, but you really can't deny the fact that he's given us a reason to. So we're not sorry about it. (laughs) Never apologize for talking about Brandon Montour. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, as most people know, his son was born last week between games one and two of the Stanley Cup final, and, um, during game three, he broke a 10-game scoring drought to contribute to the Panthers' 3-2 overtime win against Vegas. Um, he also tallied a goal and an assist in game four and an assist in game five, meaning that he has a point in every game since baby Kai was born. Aww. Very cute. that. Um, We should also talk about the fact that Jackie Redmond asked Coach Paul Maurice if they were going to give Baby Kai the unofficial assist on Brandon's goal, and he responded by saying he should have had twins. (laughs) (laughs) Paul Maurice never runs out of, like, iconic things to say. What a king. I love that. Apparently, one baby was plenty because Dad Magic found a way to work for everyone on the bench, including Matthew Kachuk, who scored a goal with 2.13 left in regulation, and Carter Verhage in overtime, which secured the team's first Stanley Cup final win in franchise history. I think the cutest thing was when they asked Brennan Montour after the game about his goal, and he said, it's nice to get that one and see that one go in. That's for my baby boy. So freaking cute. 
Oh, that's so precious. I'm not crying. You are. I we're think both we're crying. Both crying. <laughs> <laughs> um, some more dad magic that we've seen in the league. In we're gonna go a little throwback here. In 2015, the Bergeron family welcomed a baby the same morning of a game. And while most players would take a day or two off to enjoy the moment, Patrice Bergeron was right back to work that night, and he scored a goal and an assist. Um, this combo of a goal, an assist, and a baby in the same day <laughs> was coined a dad trick by Bruins fans, which I think is so precious. <laughs> That's such a cute little phrase. <laughs> um, jumping back into a little bit of dad magic in the final, um, the Golden Knights are possibly the prime example of dad magic. They have mm-hmm. five, five new fathers on their team. Um that's Brett Howden, Chandler Stevenson, Mark Stone, Riley Smith, and William Carlson. Um, and Howden, Stevenson, and Stone are arguably the best line on that team. So, that's crazy. Five new dads. Wild. Um, after Chandler Stevenson's son Ford was born, Chandler had an incredible season with a career high 65 points and an appearance in the All Star game. And then kind of on the flip side, the Knights' father's trip to Nashville and Minnesota in February kicked off the Knights' remarkable 22-4-5 and and finish after the All-Star break. So dad magic seems to work both ways. Players always play better when their dads are in the audience, it's a fact. Yeah, I think so. I guess, like, the question I have is, is why? Like, is that the real reason that the Golden Knights were able to win the Cup? Like, were the five dads on their team really the key to success like what happens to players after becoming dads that gives them such a boost like i don't know we can only speculate but it's very interesting i must say i just i feel like they just possibly are kind of on a bit of like a high yeah they have like this excitement and probably adrenaline because they're all of a sudden responsible for another human and like I feel like all of those like emotions and and feelings and excitement probably just gets to them somehow and it just really makes them like go out and perform. I don't know. I could see that being the case. We'll have to get we'll have to get a dad on here and ask. Can we please? That would be incredible. One of the five that we just mentioned. You just won the Stanley Cup. What are you gonna do? Go on WTC. That would be incredible. It would if we, truly. if we could get an NHL dad to come on and talk to us NHL about NHL dad dads. Magic. If you're listening, <laughs> oh man. Okay, and with that, we wrap up our uh, rambly topics of the week. We're gonna dive into everybody's favorite segment. Can I ask you a question? Um, I've got my fisherman Islanders hat here with me today. Oh, I like that one. No yellow post-it notes this time. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. Ooh, fun one. Okay. What TV sitcom family would you want to be a part of? Ooh, a non-hockey one. Non-hockey question. Okay. Oh, um, I want to be part of the Tanners on Full House. Oh, cute. They seem like they just have the best time ever. They and do. like, I feel like I would get maybe get a little overwhelmed sometimes because <laughs> there's a lot of people in that house. But it is a full like, house. It is. They they have fun and they like care about each other so much and love each other so much and it just seems like a like a wholesome great fun little family okay, to be here's, part of. Okay, here's the burning question. 
would you want to be a part of the, like, original family? Because I know they've got, like, a a new show now. Or would you yeah. want to be a part of it currently? No, the original family. Okay. Go go back to the 90s. Love that. Hang out with the, the 90s Tanners rather than the, the Fullers in the new one. <laughs> oh, is it the Fullers now? Mm-hmm. That's cute. Full House, Fullers. Love that. Yeah. It's called Fuller House. Oh, I haven't, I haven't seen it. <laughs> Love that for that very cute name. (laughs) Maybe I'll have to check it out. You should. It's good. I think for me, I would have to pick the Gilmore family from Gilmore Girls. Oh, that would be so fun. It's a mom and a daughter, which is very much like my current family. And I don't know. I just feel like they have a good time. They laugh a lot. They love each other so much. Um, They're a little dysfunctional at times. (laughs) Aren't we all? Yes, there you go. But they accept it, and they love each other anyway. Yes. So, and, like, I think it it would just be fun to live there, like, where the show takes place. I'm not sure what it's called. I should probably know that. Stars Hollow? Stars Hollow. Thank you. Such a cute place to live. I would love to be a part of that family. Oh, that's a good one. They're so sweet, and they also eat a lot of really good food. (laughs) Yes, they do, which means a lot. I agree. That's a good one. How fun. Okay. Love that. Next question. Ooh, okay. Very, very uh, fitting question. What is your dream cup final matchup with your team? And then in parentheses, teams. Ah, team or teams. Team or teams. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay. So it obviously has to be someone from the East and someone from the West. Mm -hmm. So luckily I have two teams one the east, <laughs> I was one gonna say the, the same thing <laughs> so I think I'm gonna go with the caps and the ducks just because either way I would be happy doesn't matter who wins is it a cop-out for me to say the ducks and the islanders yeah, like does that count because technically yeah. why not I mean I'd be happy either way yeah I, I like I just really... I don't know if it would be a situation where like I all of a sudden default to my roots and I'm like a little like secretly bummed that the islanders are doing well if that's the case because <laughs> the ducks are my og okay fair this will probably never happen so i don't have to no. be concerned but i think that would be the dream can't can't go wrong yeah i agree luckily we both have a team on the east and a team on the west are we doing like a non-cop-out answer here too okay, or we are can, we just we accepting can, that we can come up with a non-cop-out answer I like. I, I just like fun hockey. Like I would yeah. want them to play a team where we're gonna like. It's gonna be an interesting series. I think I would like to see the Caps play the Kraken. Oh, okay. I think that would be a lot of fun to watch, and both are kind of physical teams too. So it would be you know that kind of playoff caliber like physicality and okay. fighting too, which would you know bring some excitement. I feel like it'd be fun to see like. Um, Maybe the Ducks versus, like, the Maple Leafs. Okay. Or a Canadian team. Maybe the Oilers. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be fun to see, like, a face-off between um, the young kids of the Ducks and, like, that that uh, core four of the Maple Leafs. Ooh, yeah. I like that. That's a good one. I think that'd be a fun one. Okay. okay. Cool. Next question. Okay. Which players feel like it should be illegal to dislike? Oh, okay. 
Shout out to Barzillier on Twitter. We got this one from her. <laughs> Which ones do we not get from her? <laughs> um, let's see. I feel like, just starting off with, with the caps, I think it's illegal to dislike TJ Oshie. Oh, true. Like, we love Leaf. <laughs> you can't dislike him. He's so wholesome and funny and goofy, and he's not a like problematic or confrontational player. And like he's just... He just is, you know? Are we starting out with, like, our teams? That's up to you. That's just the first one that popped into my head. Troy Terry. Oh, yes. You cannot hate Troy Terry. (laughs) It's just, it'd be wrong to. Yeah. Um, As for the Islanders, gotta think about this one. I feel like you can't hate, not Islanders, but I feel like you can't hate Jason Robertson. True. Like, he's just a little guy. Like, he's just (laughs) Just a little guy. (laughs) He's done nothing wrong. I agree. I don't think I could ever hate him. Um, Coming back to the Islanders, I don't think you can can hate Ilya Sorokin. Oh, no, you cannot. He's just a little bundle of sun. (laughs) I think, speaking of the Maple Leafs, Mitch Marner. Oh. You can't hate, you can't hate him. No. Basically, you can't hate the happy, wholesome, non-problematic players. The golden retrievers of the league. Yes, exactly. You can't hate them. <laughs> They're just little puppies. They are. That That's a good way to put it. The golden retrievers of the league. <laughs> yep. I love that. My favorite category of hockey player. Pests and golden Pests retrievers. And golden. <laughs> All right, jumping into some hockey history. So we are recording on June 14th, and on this day in 1993, the Florida Panthers officially received their membership in the NHL. They began playing in the 1993-1994 season along with the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, which expanded the league to 26 teams. Love that for them. Happy anniversary, Panthers. So fun. Um, And then in 1994, the New York Rangers finally ended their 54-year championship drought by winning Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final 3-2 against the Vancouver Canucks. And this game was also won at home in Madison Square Garden, triggering one of the biggest celebrations in New York sports history. I would celebrate pretty hard, too, after 54 years. That had to feel incredible. (laughs) Holy moly. Yeah. (laughs) Against the Canucks, too. Bless them. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Okay, moving on to our um, newest segment, Women of the Week, a.k.a. A.k.a. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Um, This week, our Woman of the Week is Lauren Gambrell of the Boston Pride and the PHF. She won the league's Newcomer of the Year Award, the Outstanding Player of the Year, and the MVP Award this season. Um, needless to say, she had a phenomenal season with 20 goals and 40 points, plus an an incredible 146 shots on goal. Wow. Love that That is outstanding. Very, very cool. Okay. Um, our Pride Month segment continues, um, and we said it earlier, we are chatting about Brienne Jenner this week for our Pride Month Spotlight. Brienne is a queer female hockey player for Team Canada. Uh, She's also in the Toronto chapter of the PWHPA. She has won two gold and one silver medal in the Olympics and multiple world championships. She was also the 2022 Olympic MVP with nine goals, which tied the record for a single Olympic Games. 
She's also currently an assistant captain on the National Olympic team, a board member of the PWHPA, and the director of player and coach development for the Oakville Hornets organization. Yeah, so she married her long-term partner and former teammate Haley Cudmore in 2019, and you can learn a little bit more about Brianne and her involvement in the LGBTQ plus hockey community later this week in our Instagram post at what the Child Pod. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wrapping it up with our three stars of the week. Our third star this week is Mark Stone, who scored the first Stanley Cup final hat trick since 1996 in Tuesday night's game. Um, this was also the first Hattie in a cup clinching game since 1922. Oh, talk about history. <laughs> yeah. Um, the captain had 11 goals and 13 assists throughout the playoffs, making him a huge factor in Vegas's cup run. His Stanley Cup lifting lap was very exciting and wholesome, and he reminded me so much of Ovi in that moment that I started tearing Aww. up. We just love happy players. I feel like every single year, no matter which team it is, I'm gonna tear up. They're just so excited. It's, <laughs> it's a just, moment. Oh, it was so precious last night. Seeing Jack Eichel's eyes and face light up the moment he saw the cup, like, I will oh. never, ever, ever forget that, and I'm not even, like, a big fan of Jack Eichel. Yeah. Just so happy was... for him. Very, very cool. Just like that, that is like the essence of joy. It's just truly, truly players about to get to touch the cup. <laughs> so cute. So, so cute. Our number two star of the week is Scott Lawton of the Flyers, who is a huge advocate for LGBTQ plus inclusion in hockey and has become an ambassador for the You Can Play Project, which is an advocacy group that fights for inclusion in sports. He has also worked alongside teammate James Van Riemsdyk to partner with several LGBTQ plus nonprofits and launch a new initiative aimed at growing the game of hockey in the LGBTQ plus community. Um, he's also donated game tickets to these organizations and matched a $5,000 donation from the Flyers in support of the You Can Play project and their efforts throughout the greater Philadelphia area. That's awesome. Very cool. Good we love them. the Flyers doing LGBTQ plus supportive things. Yes, we do. They don't have to worry about their pest. He's in Ohio now. That is not a pest I like, for the record. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Send him to Ohio. Yeah. Our number one star of the week is Jonathan Marcheseau of the Vegas Golden Knights. He is just the third player in the last 35 years to score in each of the first three games of the Stanley Cup Final, and he also extended his point streak to 10 games and established the longest postseason run in Golden Knights history. And perhaps his most significant achievement is winning the Conn Smythe Trophy after last night's victory. Needless to say, he's played a major role in the Golden Knights postseason success so far. And Nat and I are very grateful for <laughs> all the Tim's points he's given us. Um, this is our third episode in a row talking about Tim Hortons and we aren't even in Canada whoops <laughs> lots of donuts to be enjoyed in our future thanks to yes. jonathan marsh though whenever we go to the all-star game in toronto we are eating nothing exactly. but tim's <laughs> tim's diet <laughs> sounds great to me i'm not mad at it they should sponsor us after all this you know honestly we've given them, them so much free promo we really have <laughs> tim hortons sponsor if you're us, listening <laughs> All right, that about wraps up this week's episode of What the Chell. We hope you enjoyed it. 
Uh, Please subscribe on whatever podcast app you listen on and leave us a rating and a review. And then follow us everywhere at WhatTheChellPod on social media. We love to talk to you guys. Send us questions. And we hope you have a lovely off-season. We hope it's not too sad for you because I know we're sad about it. (laughs) But a couple more episodes to come. And I think that's it. We hope you guys have a lovely week. We will talk at you next time. Bye. We love you. Love you. you. (laughs)